Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. The title of my message today stems from the phrase found in verse number 6 from last week. It says, Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And the title of my message is, How to Be a Good Servant of God, Part 2. By means of introduction, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever volunteered for something? Any time in your life, have you ever volunteered to help a nonprofit or help somebody do something in your lifetime? Well, I thought it was interesting that the word volunteer, it simply means this, someone who freely offers to take part in an enterprise or undertake a task. According to moneycrashers.com, there are 10 good places to volunteer, some organizations and opportunities. Number one on their list is animal rescue shelters. Number two is national parks. Number three is food pantries. I want you to know that all these things are good things to be involved in. Number four is Habitat for Humanity. Number five is local libraries. Number six is art museums. Number seven is political campaigns. Number eight is the YMCA. Number nine, retirement homes. And number 10, the Red Cross. These are all noble things to volunteer your time, energy, and effort to. But you know what I found interesting? And this top 10 list on moneycrashers.com, did you notice something was missing? I just thought to myself, what has happened to our society that we have failed to volunteer in our local churches? Our culture has lost the sense of service in the local church. Today, I want to share this key thought with you, that if you walk away with anything, I want you to take this thought and make it your own. Here's what I wrote down. For the rest of my life, I want to practice this statement. I pledge to volunteer my time, talents, and treasures to serve God. I pledge to volunteer my time, talents, and treasures to serve God. As we come to 1 Timothy, we all know that Paul's writing to this young man named Timothy. And he mentored Timothy in his faith. And here he comes to this section of Scripture, revealing to him, yes, as a minister, that is somebody who's licensed and ordained to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's the one here that he's speaking to specifically. But as we come to apply this passage to our own lives, I need you to understand this, that a minister just simply means a servant. Somebody who goes out like a waiter or a waitress serving tables. That is what God has called you and called me to be. To be men and women and boys and girls who bring our hands to the table and say, God, here I am, send me. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And God, just use me. Today I want to share with you three brief thoughts. But before I share this with you, Paul's writing, and we have no idea how old he was. But we estimate he was probably around 60 at the time of this writing. And we have no idea how old Timothy was as he was receiving this letter. But some commentators do believe he was young and he was probably around 30, give or take. Now with that in mind, I want to share with you three thoughts. And I want to share share all three of these with you. And then I want to go back through with them. Three thoughts about serving God. 
Serving God, from verse number 12, is not about age. It's about stage. As I read verse 13, I wrote down secondly, serving God is not about living selfishly. It's about living selflessly. And as I read verses 14 through 16, I wrote down thirdly and finally, serving God is not about neglecting your calling. It's about accepting your calling. Will you come with me as we move through this passage? Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, in fact, would you read the first several words there all the way to the word youth? Read it out loud with me. Let no man despise thy youth. Read it again, please. Let no man despise thy youth. And one more time for emphasis sake. Let no man despise thy youth. I wrote down this. Serving God is not about age. It's about stage. Serving God is not about age. It's about stage. That's the first thought I want to relate to you today. It doesn't matter how young. It doesn't matter how old you are. As long as you're at a stage or a season of your life that you've humbled yourself before God and you say, God, here I am, send me and use me, God will use you. Remember last week I said, serving God is not about capability. It's about availability. If you make yourself available, God will make you usable. Are you making yourself available for the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Remember, I pledge to volunteer my time, my talents, and my treasures to serve God. As we think about youth, the Bible says here, let no man despise thy youth. This word despise is an interesting word, and it literally means to think against, to disesteem. When we esteem something, we lift it up. But disesteem, this word despise, it means to disesteem. That means to bring it down low, give no regard to it at all. But the Bible says, don't do that. To somebody who is young, the word youth, it's just simply a word that, that means, it can mean a newness. So somebody who's just a new convert, or it can mean youthfulness. Somebody whose age is, is lower than the rest of us. Here it says, don't despise thy youth. Whether you're young in the faith, or whether you are young in the faith and young in age, the Bible says here, don't despise somebody in that situation. Did you know back in the Old Testament, God has used young and old alike, and in the New Testament? I think about that little kid named Josiah that Brother Dave talked about at one of our recent youth rallies. Young Josiah was eight years old when he took the office in Jerusalem and serving over the people of Israel. Can you imagine having an eight-year-old president of the United States? <laughs> Well, he might be able to do better in some areas, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm not going to go into all that. But anyways, I'm here to tell you something that, that it, it doesn't matter how young you are. Josiah came to serve as a king at eight years old. Now, obviously, he had some men around him to help guide him. We understand that, of course. An eight-year-old most likely is not mature enough to make some serious decisions when it comes to that position. But we find that as they were there living out his time as king, they found the book of the law. We believe it was probably Deuteronomy. And they found that it was hidden away and they were serving false gods and serving Baal and all sorts of false deities and worshiping them. And they brought the law and read it before King Josiah. And, and it convicted him in such a way that he tore his clothes. And he began to confess sin to God. Did you know? doesn't matter how old or young you are. You can confess your sin to God. 
The Bible says if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then, after they find the book of the law, He consults some individuals, and then they come, and they take all of the false gods, they stomp them to powder, and they throw it in the river. Wouldn't that be great if we were to get rid of all of the false gods that we're serving in our lives? I know you're saying, I know you might be saying, I'm not bowing down. I'm not worshiping Baal. I know you're not. And I'm sure you're not bowing down five times a day to Mecca. I get it. I understand that. But I'm here to tell you today that we have, in the, we have things and possessions and people that we esteem more than God. And if we're doing that in our life, it's time to place God number one. Serving God is not about age, it's about stage. Here, I want to share with you, the Bible goes on to say in verse number 12, but be thou an example. Say example with me on three, one, two, three, example. This word example gives the idea of a model. Hollywood paints an interesting picture when it comes to modeling. Did you know, when you look in those, in the, the different magazines where people are, uh, like you go, to the, you go to the store at JCPenney or whatever store, they have the fashion models up there. Most of the time, that's not exactly what they really look like. They have edited those images to make the person look a lot better. They've gone through and they've taken out the wrinkles. <laughs> they've taken out the acne. They've taken out all the blemishes that are there to make them spotless. But I'm here to tell you something. The Bible says here, the same idea of modeling, that we are to model our lives as an example for others to live. That is what a minister like myself is to do, and that is what any servant of God is called to do. It says, be thou an example. Be a model or a pattern to set to live by. May I ask you a question? Are you modeling your life in a way that your children or your grandchildren or that your coworkers or that everybody else in your life is able to look at and say, you know what? I wish I was more like them. He says, be an example of the believers. These are the people of, of the faith. And then he goes on to say, in words. So I wrote down this. Serve by setting the example in the way you talk. Serve by setting the example in the way you talk. Now, I know that if you drop a hammer on your toe, you're not going to shout, hallelujah, praise God, give, give God the glory. We might say something that we should not say. And listen, we've all been there. But I'm here to remind us that the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Instead of corrupt communication, we are to be experiencing edifying communication to others. Hear the word. The words that are flowing out of our mouth are to bring glory, honor, and praise to God. And it's to be words that are being said to where people can, can, can see a model that's pointing people to Jesus. Now, in our age that we're living in, the stage of life that we have, we can speak without actually speaking. Did you understand me? We can speak without actually speaking. It's called social media. I can get on Facebook and I can write a post out there and I can speak without ever opening my mouth. I can go on Instagram, I can go on Snapchat, I can go on all the social media outlets. And then we find that, that sometimes we are apt to say something on social media or in a message that we wouldn't actually say in real life with our words. So I wonder if, if God Almighty were to just scroll down your profile on your social media, would he be pleased with the things that you said or posted on there? 
Serve by setting the example in the way you talk. But now look, the Bible goes on to say in word and conversation. Now for the vast majority of the time in the New Testament, this word conversation, it means lifestyle. And it's exactly what's being referred to here. So I wrote down this. Not only serve by setting the example in the way you talk, but I wrote down secondly underneath the first thought. Serve by setting the example in the way you walk. Serve by setting the example in the way you walk. May I ask us all a question today? How's our talk? But more importantly... How's our walk? Yes, people can model their lives after somebody who gives God the glory through the way they speak, but, but you know what? People can also model their lives and pattern after a way that Jesus lived. How did Jesus live? He lived a life not to be ministered unto, but to minister. How's that behavior? How's those actions in your life? Are they pleasing and honoring to God? The verse goes on to talk about charity, that is love, spirit. It talks about faith. It talks about purity. How the, that these believers, that Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, you need to be an example in all of these areas. And we all are called to do that. Serving God is not about age, it's about stage. But now I share with you about Josiah. But may I also share with you that how God used Abraham and Sarah late in life in their 90s. God used them. In fact, when you go back and read the story of Genesis, they laughed at God because of the message that was revealed to them and how they were going to have pleasure and give birth to a child in their 90s. Wouldn't that be something if everybody here, 65 plus, all the ladies gave birth to another child? God bless you. Pray for you. <laughs> how would y'all like that? Would that be uh, riches in on earth or would that be purgatory? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, God can use us no matter how young or old we are. And that's the point of verse number 12. Serving God's not about age, it's about stage. But now let's look at verse number 13. I wrote down secondly. Remember, I pledge to volunteer my time, my talents, my treasures to serve God. Are you willing to do that today for the rest of your life? I wrote down secondly as I read verse 13. Serving God is not about living selfishly. It's about living selflessly. Serving God is not about living selfishly. It's about living selflessly. Look at verse 13. The Bible says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now we're going to get to this in a second, but I want to share this with you. Our American culture says life is about me, life is about myself, and life is about I. That's what we say. Me, myself, and I. If, it, if, if it's going to benefit me, let's do it. But if it doesn't benefit me, let's not do it. <laughs> the other day, I was, uh, I was in, in the store, and, and I think I was at Sam's Club, and I saw this giant 75-inch TV from a distance. And I said to myself, that is mine. That is mine. That's mine. And I walked up to it, and I saw the price on it, and I said, get thee behind me, Satan. That is not mine. <laughs> oh, man. It was one of those curved TVs, too, to where, where you felt like you were inside the television. But I had to say, get away from me, Satan, not spending that much money on that TV. Anyways, isn't that what our culture's like? It says, hey, it doesn't matter what, what the price is. You deserve it. Yeah. You deserve that nice, big, overpriced home that you can't afford to pay for. You, is, you deserve that nice vehicle that you don't have the budget to spend. Well, 
I submit to you today that life is not, serving God is not about living a selfish lifestyle. You see, a minister is like a waiter and a waitress where they serve the people in a restaurant. And that's what a servant of God does. Comes to the table where the Lord is and says, God, what would you like for me to do? Selflessly serve God. Now, now check out verse number 13. It says, till I come. So until Paul comes to visit Timothy, he says, give attendance to reading. I wrote down this. Serve by studying God's word. Now, I know I've already shared this with you so far from the first tip from this book. But you know what? Paul's writing to this young minister of the gospel. And if there's anybody who ought to study God's word, it's the minister who is preaching God's word. But then, if somebody who is a, a servant of God says, I'm not going to spend time studying God's word, well, how's that relationship with God then? Imagine, imagine you're married to somebody and you say, well, you know what? I'm not going to spend any, I'm not going to eat breakfast with you. I'm not going to eat lunch with you. I'm not going to eat dinner with you. Listen, we're not even going to sleep in the same room. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to build a, a little uh, extra guest house. And how about you go live in that guest house and I'll stay in this one. How long do you think that marriage will last? Well, not too long, right? Well, imagine if we say, God, you know what? I gave my life to you. I, I got saved. I prayed that prayer. But, but you know what? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not into all the rest of this stuff. Reading the Bible, I hate to read. Well, I don't want to read the Bible. Well, the great thing about technology is you don't have to read anymore. You can download the YouVersion Bible app and listen to it while you're driving in the car. Well, anyways, I said all that to say this. Here it says, till I come, give attendance to reading. He was there studying God's word. In 2 Timothy, he writes to Timothy again and says the importance of studying God's word. We can actually serve God by spending time studying the word of God. And the more we study the word of God, the more we'll, the more we'll be useful in the service of God. Imagine if I were to just stand up here and say, you know what? I'm going to preach from this passage right here today. <laughs> I've seen people do stuff like that before. But that would be foolish because I would be relying on, on everything I've always studied before. And maybe I get to a passage that I've never really looked into. It's the same way with life. You see, God has given us this book to study because we go through tests, we go through trials, and the more we study this book, the Bible reveals to us how we can handle those tests and those trials, those tragedies, those triumphs that we go through. But the vast majority of Americans could care less about God's Word, and they care more about what's being on television, what's on YouTube, what's on the movie screen in the theater, about all the other stuff. But here today, church, we need to give attendance to reading until Jesus comes again. Jesus is coming back. He is. His word says he is. And until he comes, let's be faithful in our study. Let's serve God by getting down deep into the word. You know, Brother Joel and I were talking before the service. It's interesting. God's word is, is, is just very special. The deeper you study God's word, the deeper we come to understand who God is. In fact, you cannot outstudy the word of God. In fact, I like what they said. The word of God is inexhaustible. You know, I've read the Bible a few times, probably more than the average person, but I'm sure you're here today. You might have read more than me. But anyways, 
the more I study the book of Genesis, the more I study the book of Psalms, the more I study the book of Jeremiah, the more I study 1 Timothy, the more I study the New Testament and Old Testament, the more I learn about the Bible. So keep studying. Keep challenging your faith. That's why Paul wrote, continuing to grow in our knowledge of God. But notice, it goes on to say, exhortation and doctrine. As I read these two words, I wrote down this, serve by sharing God's word. Not just studying, but serve by sharing God's word. Did you know, you can only share something if you know stuff about it. <laughs> if I were to try to sell you a, a big, giant diesel truck, I wouldn't know anything about it. I could tell you, this is a big old tire right here. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stick shift. And uh, it uses diesel fuel. <laughs> and that's about the, the limit of my knowledge. But you know, sometimes we go to stores, sometimes we, we buy products from somebody, and they have no clue what they're talking about. But if there's one product that we should know thoroughly, it is the Word of God. I'm not saying you, you need a great level of education to fully understand this or to share it. But all I am saying is that we need to spend time in the Word of God before we share the Word of God with somebody else. Serving God is not about living selflessly. Excuse me, selfishly. It's about living selflessly. Serving God is not about age, it's about stage. Remember, I pledge to volunteer my time, my talents, and my treasures to serve God. May I share with you Thirdly, from verses 14 through 16. In fact, I want to zoom in on one word in this section of Scripture. The word neglect. Would you say neglect with me on three? One, two, three. Neglect. One more time, please. Neglect. We neglect a lot of things, don't we? I've been neglecting to go to the dentist office for a long time. <laughs> I've been neglecting to go to the, the eye doctor's office for a long time. Yeah. We neglect going to the doctor's office, period. You know, it costs so much, and who has time? Ain't nobody got time for that, unless we're sick. Then we demand them to meet us that day, and they're so busy they don't have time for us till next year. But you know, we neglect a lot of things in our life, but the one thing that we should never neglect is the gifts and the talents that God has placed in you. So I wrote down thirdly, serving God is not about neglecting your calling it's about accepting your calling. Serving God is not about neglecting your calling. It's about accepting your calling. You have a gift that only you can use. In fact, you know, when I was a few years younger as a younger preacher, I started preaching when I was 16. I began to listen to other preachers and I'd say, oh, I wish I had their voice. Man, I wish I could illustrate something that way. I wish I had that much knowledge about the Greek or the Hebrew. I wish I, I could do it like them. And you know, the longer that I've been preaching, the more I'm glad I'm not like all them. The more I'm glad I'm not like Brother Riggs. The more I'm glad I'm not like Brother Andrews. The more I'm glad I'm not like Brother Dave and Brother English. I'm glad I'm me. I'm glad God has made me the way I am and that God can take my voice, that God can take my limited knowledge of God's Word and God can use it. And here today, church, it doesn't matter what kind of gift you have. God can use you. Some of you have gifts that far exceed the gifts I have. 
And I just want to share this with you. Serve by receiving your God-given gift. If you have a singing voice, you should use that singing voice for the glory of God. If you have the ability to play instruments, you should use that ability to serve God. If you have the ability to administrate and oversee and organize, you should use that ability to serve God. If you have the ability to cook really good, you should use that ability by inviting me over and feeding me. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. But if you have a gift, use it for the glory of God. Receive it. And then I wrote down, serve by using your God-given gift. Maybe you aren't aware of what your gift is. But I'll tell you something. The more that I study God's word, the more that I study God's people, sometimes other people can know what your gift is. So maybe ask a trusted friend. Say, hey, you know me. What are some of the gifts that, that I have that you can see in me? It goes on to say, neglect not the gift that is in me. Verse 14 which was given thee by prophecy. Now, the word prophecy, sometimes it can mean a prediction in the future, and then sometimes it can mean a, just a foretelling or a foretelling. And then it goes on to say, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, now, this is a gift that he was called to become a pastor, which is a special gift in of itself. And so there, this laying on the hands, they would come together and they would pray, the group of pastors, and they would... They would pray for this individual, that God would use them and that God would send them out, kind of like an ordination ceremony. Verse 15 goes on to say, meditate on these things. That means think about them long and hard. Give thyself wholly to them. Completely dedicate yourself to these things, that thy profiting may appear to all. And then check out verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, that is the teaching of God's word. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. I shared this on Wednesday, but I just feel compelled and led to share this again. I'm sure you're sitting here thinking to yourself, well, Brother Brian, you, you don't know me the way I know myself. You're right. I don't know you the way you know yourself. You say, you don't know what I've done. You're right. I probably don't. You don't know what I've done. Thank God for that. <laughs> and then you might be saying, you don't know how I've sinned against God and God couldn't use me. Well, let me remind you of some of the ones God's used over the years. We go back into the Old Testament and Noah was a drunk. Abraham, he was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses was a murderer and couldn't speak well. Gideon was afraid and doubted God. Samson had long hair and was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah was single and he had no children. David was a murderer and committed adultery. Elijah was depressed and suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist, if you think I eat funny, John the Baptist ate locusts and wild honey. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep in the garden while praying. Martha worried about everything. Mary Magdalene was possessed by a bunch of devils. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too short and too small. Paul was a murderer. Timothy was too young. And Lazarus was dead. But God stepped in and used all of them. 
Listen, church, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter what you thought or where you're from. God can use you if you let him. Will you accept God's calling? Will you pledge to serve him for the rest of your life today? In conclusion, I share my key thought. I pledge to volunteer my time, my talents, and my treasures to serve God. Will you dedicate the rest of your life to doing that? Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.